Hello, folks. This is S. Anthony. And before I even get the show started, I have to say something. It's important to say this, and I'm going to this is so important. I'm going to say this before I even open the show. Folks, the Quadcast podcast absolutely rules. That's right. You are about to listen to the S. Anthony Says podcast starring S. Anthony Thomas. You lucky bastards. All right, this is S. Anthony. Glad you came back. Ready for the next one? All right, here we go. Go! Folks, how you doing? This is S. Anthony, and this is the S. Anthony Says Podcast number 159. How you doing? How you doing? And all the new people that have come along, how you doing? Everybody that's been with me for the year and change that I've been doing this, thank you for coming back again. I appreciate you. And to all the new people, and there's a lot of you coming on, thank you for joining us. I appreciate you. And please, do what your friends that brought you. Bring some friends so we can all dig it and enjoy each other's company. Once again, much love to everybody that's listening to this. Now let's get started. I have to ask you a question, guys. Do you have a tree in front of your house? Hmm. Is your parking spot underneath the tree in front of your house? Hmm. Well, for me, the answer to that question is yes and yes. And I planted that tree. When that tree was planted, it was a little tiny tree. And I put it in the ground myself. And I nurtured the tree. And I made sure the tree was protected when it was small and it could have gotten knocked down. I didn't let anybody run into it. I didn't let anybody throw anything against it. I didn't let anybody do anything bad to the tree because it's my tree. And I planted it. That's right. Years go by and now it's a big, giant, strong tree. Yeah. I look at that tree when I park in front of it and I look at it and I go, you're growing up so big and strong tree. I'm proud of you, tree. You're an adult tree now. And look at you with your flowers on you looking good and everything. I am happy. It's I'm so proud. I'm a proud tree papa. I put you in the ground. I planted you and look at you now. And the tree and I have a wonderful relationship. When I'm running out the house to get into the car and it's raining outside, the tree's like, ah, listen, rain. He planted me. That's my tree, Papa. And you will not wet up his shirt. And you're going to get to wet his car up when he pulls out from under me. But while he's here, I've got his back. That's right. Back off, rain. In the summertime when the sun is beating down on everybody else and everybody else is walking in slow motion, I can sit on my porch with a glass of lemonade and sit there. Ha! It's warm outside to me and burning hot to you losers because you don't have a tree like my tree, son. That's my tree, son, doing with my tree. Look how big and strong my tree, son, is. All those sun rays Bouncing off your heads. And I'm sitting there. See that sound? Silence. Why? Because the sun rays are bouncing off the trees. Beautiful leaves. Protecting me. Yeah. But that was then, Dagnabbit. And that's not now. Why? Because I've noticed the tree is starting to act a little different toward me. I know I went outside and it was raining outside. And I got soaking wet. Now, how in the world could it not I not get soaking wet yesterday, but all of a sudden today I get soaking wet? Maybe the tree's being passive aggressive. Maybe some maybe I've done something to offend the tree. I don't know. <clears throat> maybe it was an aberration. I don't know. I can't tell. The trees can't talk. Didn't you know that? And then I started noticing I got rained on a lot. Now, the, I'm like, wait a sec. What's going on here? But that's not the worst part because rain is rain. I mean, if if it's raining that hard, you're going to get wet anyway. No big deal. But then I started noticing bird droppings on my car. What? There's one thing when rain gets on me. Not a problem. I can overlook that. But you let birds drop stuff on my car from their bird buttockses. How dare you, tree? 
Think about this for a second. I now know the tree's doing it on purpose. Why? Because I can read the signs. First, it lets rain fall on me. Then the bird droppings. I knew something was going on. You mean to tell me you can choose to stop rain from hitting on my hitting my car? My car could be bone dry when it rains outside, but all of a sudden bird droppings land on my car. Wait a second. No, Jack, you did it on purpose. Tree, I know you. How dare you? Trees can find water underground. They don't have eyes. They don't have brains, but they're somehow intelligent enough to find water pipes and get to the water. Trees can make their own food from sunlight. Oh, come on. Granted, it's not a grilled cheese sandwich because the chlorophyll is not as good as grilled cheese. That's not the point. That's what they like. And that's all that's important. But they can do it. I can't stand out in the sun and make food inside my body. I can make some vitamin D, but vitamin D doesn't have enough salt in it. And when I shook some salt in the vitamin D, the doctor said, you know what? If you're going to make vitamin D, don't shake so much salt on it because it's going to raise your blood pressure. And that's why I just have to use the low sodium vitamin D. This sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Shut up. Back to the story. So anyway, I'm starting to think that the tree is letting the birds crap on my car on purpose. I'm starting to th I start thinking about it. When you think in terms of the life of a tree, the tree lives a lot longer than human beings. So actually, as old as that tree is, I just realized the tree is a teenager. And we all know how teenagers are. Rebellious. Why I got to stop the rain from falling on him? Why didn't he just get an umbrella? I'm going to let the rain fall on him because I ain't got time to do that. Yeah, that sounds about right. I didn't put these birds on me. It's not my, it's not my, it's not my, I don't have to, if they crap, they ain't got nothing to do with me. I didn't do it. Shoot. That sounds like a teenager, doesn't it? Yeah. In fact, I'm thinking that the tree and the birds are really good friends now, right? The tree gives the bird a place to live. The bird does what it does and helps the tree out in the ways that birds help trees out. And they forgot that stupid tree forgot all about me. It gets his new friend and all of a sudden it doesn't care what happens to me anymore. Oh, I can make my own food. I'm a tree. Oh, I can find water now. I'm a tree. Oh, I don't care if the bird craps on you anymore because I'm a tree. Oh, well, let me tell you something, teen tree, treating your tree papa badly. From now on, I'm going to let kids climb in you. Yeah, exactly. All those years I stopped kids from climbing in you. Now I'm going to say, hey, kids, you want to climb on something? How about this tree? You have any friends that are heavier than you? Good. You know how I kept saying, don't pull on the branches because your weight's going to damage the tree and mess the branches up? I was just kidding. Go ahead, kid that's large for your age. Climb in this tree and have fun. Yeah, that's right, tree. You think I forgot? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to stop that dog from urinating on you. Why should I? It's not like you stopped any animals from doing stuff on my car. Ha Deal with it. That's right. I think we should, as a species, should band together whenever we are living in a place where a tree lets a bird take a dump on our cars. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to walk outside, and every time I see a bird dropping, I'm going to snatch off a leaf first just to let that tree know I'm not playing. And then if I come out the next day, I'm going to snap off one of the branches. Not a big branch, just enough to let it know I can snap branches. Yeah. And if I ever come down there and I have to take my car to the car wash because that's how much crap those birds leave on my tree, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go in our house and I'm going to go get my electric saw. Yes, I have an electric saw. And I'm going to walk outside and I'm just going to stand in front of that tree with that electric saw. And I'm going to take my two fingers and I'm going to point to my eyeballs with those two fingers. And then I'm going to turn my hand around and take those two fingers and point at the tree to let the tree know I'm watching. And if it still doesn't get it, I'm taking off one of the big branches and I'm going to do it slow. Yeah, tree. You brought this on yourself. Letting birds crap. And let's see a bird crap off of this branch that I just cut off slowly. Yeah. Um, that ought to teach him. And in addition to that, I want all the other trees on the block to see what's happening to this tree as a lesson to them. That's right. The neighbors have all gotten together and given me some money.
They came to my house the other night, knocked on the door and said, S, we have the same problems with our trees. But because your tree was planted so brilliantly by you, tree daddy, they look up to your tree as the leader of the trees. What are you going to do? And I said, listen, my tree's the leader of trees, but I'm the leader of men. And I walked outside and I put on some gloves and I slapped the tree in the mouth. I know what you're thinking. Trees don't have mouths. Shut up. Yes, this one does. That's how good my tree is. And I said, listen, tree. You want me to chop off another branch? Is that what you want? Huh? How about this? How about I call up some friends and we <laughs> prune you for the season? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Look at that tree shaking in fear. It knows when I say prune and I mean it. And when I said that to the tree and my tree started shaking in fear, knowing that I was about to have his butt pruned to teach it a lesson. All the other trees shook in fear, which was a good idea to make them shake in fear because they now knew I meant business. But unfortunately, it meant that everyone else had to shake leaves, had to sweep up leaves. But that was OK. It was a small price to pay because we would not mind sweeping up leaves once to teach these trees a lesson. That's right, tree. We run things around here. Then I walked back into the house and I looked out the window. And I saw birds try to get into the tree for another crap session. And the trees slapped the shit out of those birds. Smacked them in the face. And the birds tried to land again and the trees slapped them down. Ha <laughs> ha! Exactly. And those birds never landed in my tree again. And then I looked out the window with my plate of salad. And I said, yeah, yeah, tree. Remember that. Keep that up. And as it watched me eat its small friend's salad, it knew I was somebody not to mess with. That was a year ago, my friends. And I haven't had one drop of bird dookie on my car since. And I better not. Because I still got that saw in the backyard waiting. In fact, every once in a while, I'll just walk to the front door. Say, hey, tree. And I'll turn the saw on. <laughs> just to let it know what's up. So what I want to say to you, my podcast audience, if you have a tree in front of your house and you park underneath that tree and birds crap on your on your car because they're in the tree, you need to let that tree know you're not putting up with that crap. That tree knows better. That tree knows better. When you need to teach that tree a lesson, let that tree know who's boss. Damn it. <laughs> Segment over. Guys, let me ask you a question. In this segment, I want to talk about really, really dumb things people do. I mean, not, not, not the regular dumb things you do where it's just kind of kind a of little bit stupid. I'm talking about super just dumb. It literally changes the pronounce, pronunciation of the word dumb. Normally you say dumb. But when you see the thing that the person does, you, don't, you, you pronounce the word this way. Dumb. You can't even say, the, oh, why'd you put that? Oh, you spilled it. See, I told you to put, that was dumb, man. And then somebody does, does a thing like this person does it. Dumb. It just changes the way you pronounce the word. I don't, this is what I'm talking about. We, I go with this cat to buy a, a sink. He's replacing the sink in his kitchen. And uh, he's a friend of mine. And, and, and uh, we, we're at, I mean, I'll go to the store. Yeah, I'll help you put it. I'm no plumber, but I can I can help you put that in. No big deal. You know, I mean, you're going to be doing the work, but if you need me to line up something to put, not a big deal. I'll help you out the best I can. No problem. Okay. We go to a, a hardware store, a large hardware store to buy um, the sink. I'm not going to, well, not the sink, just the faucet and the handles to turn it on. And I'm, I don't want to, you know, because I, I don't have any sponsors on this show. Uh, and I'm not, I don't want to be one of those people that just, you know, blatantly plugs a, a place, but it rhymes with Moe's. Okay. Now, if you sponsor my show, damn it. And I'll say your name. How about that? Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> so we're at Moe's and he's buying the sink. And it was one of those things where the expensive version of the sink, 
that he wanted that would have fit perfectly was on sale in a deep sale. You know, those kind of sales where you can tell that the people are basically going, look, just get this out of here so we can have room for this, the good stuff that's coming in that's new. Just get it out of here. Take it. Take it. They do everything but make you take it the same way your grandma makes you have that last piece of cake when you're not hungry. Just take the cake, boy. I'm not hungry, grandma. Shut up and take the cake. But there was a, a le less expensive version of the sink, and it was right next to the more expensive version. Now, the more expensive version was about maybe $140, something like that, if, if I remember correctly, but should have been over 300 But like I said, they just wanted to get it the hell out of there. The one he wanted was a new new version of, the, of, a, of a sink, but it was $127, but it was the top of the line of a, le of a less expensive line. And I said to the dude, I said, you know, you might as well just, you know, I mean, just get this Put the other $13 on there and get the big, the good one. Nah, man, it's $13, $13. The guy has money, by the way. And uh, so, way more, way more money. Cheap bastard. So, uh, he gets the sink. <laughs> and we, we get into his truck, go back to his house. I'm helping him put the sink in. And I know the brand that he was go that he could have purchased. Because I, I, I have seen it before. It's sturdy. I mean, it is rock solid. This is the kind of sink where you're going to die and the next person's going to go... I'm not going to outlive this sink. That's how good that sink would have been. And it was, he put it in and he's, he knows how to do this stuff. He puts the sink in and it's, it, it looks nice, but you can feel that it's not as sturdy. It's a little flimsy on the, on the, around the edges. Not so flimsy where you wouldn't be able to use it. If you use it carefully, if you're, if you're a regular human being, it's going to last for a long period of time. So no big deal. Or so I thought. So he wants to get a jug of water. And he wants to fill it in the sink. He puts the water in the, in the sink, turns the water on, turns the spigot on. The water's pushing in there and the water's coming out and it's kind of moving. It's, it's still sliding around in the sink. The sink is kind of slick. And it's frustrating to him. And I'm in the other room working on some stuff because, we're you know. And I look over there and I notice that he's taking his jug, this big jug he wants to fill with water. He takes the handle of the jug and hangs it over the flimsy sink. So the water's falling into the jug and... That was just dumb. Because in the beginning, the jug doesn't weigh that much because there's no water in it. But as it gets heavier and heavier and heavier, it's going to put pressure on the faucet. But I, it, it, it was so, what he did, that was so dumb. You just spent $127 on that. You just put it in. You just put it in. And now... It was so dumb. My brain could not understand. If it was a little less dumb, I would have been like, dude, what are you gonna, you're going to break your faucet. You just got it. But that was so dumb. My brain was like, "He's not. He's, that's not happening. I, I, that's a mirage. I'm not seeing it. And crack. The faucet cracks. The jug falls into the sink. And now that water is shooting straight up and hitting his ceiling. And we go back to Moe's and the jackass goes and buys the sink faucet he should have bought in the first place. Dumb. But that's not the dumbest thing I've ever seen and, and tried to stop. That was so dumb. I was so blown away by how dumb that was. I couldn't even stop the dumb thing from happening because my brain would not believe something that dumb was happening. And that's happened to me one other time. I'm in a car with a friend of mine. We're coming back from a gig and we're on a part of the road where there are no bathrooms. It even said, next stop. The next bit stop is 271 miles. Get gas now. Go to the bathroom now. And they were right. It was 269.5 miles between that gas station and the next stop. And guess what I did? I went to the bathroom and I filled my car with gas. Guess what my friend did? Nothing. You going to the bathroom? What are you, my dad? Calm down, man. Not in the antagonistic way. He was joking. And I said, dude, it's going to be 271 miles. I mean, it's, you know, 
Hey, what are you talking about? Don't worry about it. So we're driving to this gig. It's during the daytime. It's nice out. We're having good conversation. And I notice in the passenger seat, he's shifting around like there's a hand coming out of the seat and it's poking him in the butt. And I'm going, are you all right there? I got to take a pee, man. I said, all right, I'm going to pull to the side of the road. No, man, I want to get a ticket. I want to get another. There's nobody out here. I want to get a ticket. I want to get another. There might be cameras. There might be this. might be that. And it's getting worse. He's happy. He's just shifting, and he looks like he's. You ever seen a? You ever seen a Sandman Sims do tap dancing? That's a famous tap dancer back in the Apollo days when he put sand on the ground and he do his little tap dance and he slide his feet around and he do all these acrobatic footsteps and it was an impressive piece of dancing. Well, that and dancing was not as impressive as this guy's feet on the passenger side of my car as he's shifting to keep himself from exploding. And I see him, and I'm, I'm like, dude, let me pull over. Let me pull over. We can do it. I said, dude, it's 50 miles left. I can make it. I can make it. His legs shaking like he's in a porno movie. And then uh, he goes, pull over. And I'm going, finally. It's about time. So I pull over thinking he's going to go to the bathroom. He does not go in the bathroom. He jumps in the back seat. And I'm going, what's being in the back seat going to do? Being in the back seat is not going to stop you from peeing, jackass. But what did he do? He noticed that I had a bottle that I uh, someone had uh, drank uh, uh, some juice and it was a big giant soda container. So he decides to do something that I don't want people doing in my car. You see, when you're driving down the road and you look in your rearview mirror and you see the release, the rapidly being relieved face of your friend as he's kneeling in the back seat, peeing in a bottle. That is not something I want to see in my rearview mirror or see in history of my existence. He pees in the bottle in my car. Ooh. Ooh. So, having done this crap, he now... He decides he wants to get in the front seat, and I decide that's just not happening. I also decide that he's going to have to open up the damn car door with his elbows somehow. And he does. So we finally arrive at our destination, and it's a little cool outside. You know, we're walking around, and he's trying to find a place to dump the bottle that he definitely had to take out of my damn car. We're walking around, and he just I'm like, just dude, just... Make find a trash can and there's no for some reason there's no trash cans around we happen upon a group of people and they're and it's outside it's nice and everybody's you know they got tables set up where you're selling sodas and foods and chips and this and, and it's all nice and he sees a girl and she smiles at him and i see a girl and i ditch him real good and I go when I'm talking to the lady and everything's cool and we're having a great conversation. And I look book back over my friend and we're looking at each other like, yeah, we both met some cute ladies. <laughs> so I get the lady's phone number and she goes about her way. And I look back over my friend and the guy code is if you see a guy talking to a girl, you stay away and let him talk to the girl. So I'm just kind of waiting for him to get his bag on. And I see him put the bottle on the table. And I'm going, oh, he still has that stupid bottle. Jeez, Louise. So he's trying to be Mr. Smooth. He's talking to the girl. She's talking to him. They're laughing. And he, you, could, you could see by the body language. He's deciding he's going to treat her to something. So he, and he's, But he still got that thing with the, with the stuff that he left in the bottle. He was still carrying it. He just put it on the table. Right now, that's disgusting. But I can understand how he's preoccupied because he's talking to a cute lady. He turns around, he decides to buy her something, he buys himself a soda, buys her a soda, buys them both sandwiches, they're having a great time. And I'm thinking, wow, I better just go on about my way and, you know, maybe go get something to eat and then come back and let him finish begging. I'm about to walk away and go about my business. I look back and I notice that as he's talking to the lady, he put his soda on the table and somehow he said something funny to her. And then repositioned both of their bodies. And they kind of took a step one way. He reaches back and he grabs the bottle that he filled in the car. He is so distracted by the girl he's talking to. He doesn't realize he's about to open up and mo and go towards his mouth to drink from the bottle that he 
brought from the car. He does. He is not paying enough attention. I am literally sitting about 150 yards from my friend and he is taking the wrong bottle to his face. He's not paying attention. He's looking at her and she's looking at him and he's taking the cap off, still not looking down at what he's about to take to his face. And I start taking off towards him like in one of them action movies. You ever see that action movie where you see your friend and he's about to put his hand on the on the wall and you know that there's a there's a time bomb behind the wall. And if he pushes the wall, there's a secret button and the whole house is going to blow up and you're running in slow motion. No, no. So I'm running towards him. He doesn't even see me running towards him. And I'm trying to say no, but there's too many people around. He can't tell my voice because there's too many people around. And I'm running at the time. I'm running. I'm jumping over. I actually, there was a couple laid that was like sitting there. I jumped over them. I'm running towards him. I'm a, I'm, I was a pretty fast runner. At that point in my life. But I wasn't fast enough. Not fast enough. Nope. Tried to get to him. Tried to yell no. Was not fast enough. I was fast enough to see his facial expression expression change when he realized what he had just done or almost did a little bit of. Just enough to detect what he was putting in his face. Got to see his facial expression. So did she. Only took her about a second and a half to realize what just happened and... um, Let's just say he never saw her again, because I don't think that at any point in time in the, in the history of the future of their relationship, she could ever possibly kiss this man after this. Dumb. Should have thrown, should have just gone when he went, should have just gone when you knew the ride was going to be 271 miles. Should have just gone, should have just pulled over on the side of the road and just taken care of business. There was no cameras out there. You should have just done it. Should have thrown a bottle in the trash can. Should have, or at the very minimum, make sure you know which bottle is which and stop being so preoccupied with the cute girl who you're trying to impress, who you eventually, as it turns out, horrified. And she's probably somewhere telling the same story. Or if she's listening to this podcast, she's like, oh, my God, that's, that's, I remember that. Yes, it's a true story. Yes, this actually happened exactly as I described it. And how did it happen from someone being dumb? Now, one of my podcast buddies, Dan Lizette, who does the podcast digest. We had a we had a little conversation. We're talking about a guy. I did a podcast episode about a guy who showered at my house when he was going to the gym and decided not to dry his ass off before he sat on my toilet and left and I went in and I sat down on the toilet to use it myself after he was gone and I did took me a little while to realize I was sitting in my friend's buttocks water and Dan said to me you think you ever will let us know who man ass water is and there's still a possibility that my friend who was still my buddy man ass water will allow me to let everyone know that he's man ass water but I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt my friend who's still my friend now will never admit or allow me to say who PP Lips is because I don't think PP Lips who doesn't mind me telling the story because we were the only two people there PP Lips will probably want to remain anonymous <laughs> and uh, PP Lips I know you're listening to this thank you for letting me tell the story you know it's 100% true because you're listening to this and you're laughing your ass off right now you weren't laughing that day I was laughing that day, but <laughs> but you weren't laughing that day. I want to thank you for letting me tell this story. <laughs> and we both know it's 100% true. And on that day, as I told you, you were dumb. Folks, 
Don't be dumb. Segment over. Well, guys, let me ask you this. And this is this is one of those weird things I want to talk about. Um, I'm not a big fan of baggage. I don't like carrying it. And I'm not just talking about physical baggage. I'm talking about emotional baggage. Don't like it. Don't want to carry it. Refuse to carry it. If you ever see me go from one city to another, when I would be traveling from club to club and doing that kind of stuff, I always took the minimum that I needed because I just didn't want to be dragging things around. That also, as it turns out, is how I like to live my life in the general. I don't like to carry a lot of baggage. Instead of holding a grudge, I'll just get rid of you. <laughs> right. You know, and once you're gone, you're gone, too. It's like like I said, but it's like the courtesy flush of life. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, the offending article is now there. I will now flush and it's gone and it takes its stink with it. I could have carried some baggage with someone that I knew back in the day. And this was a I was a younger black man. It's funny how that was as a I'm a black man now, but earlier in my life I was a younger black man. It's funny how that works, huh? <laughs> and this person was someone I thought was a good friend of mine. And we hung out a lot. We spent a lot of time together. I was at his house, he visited me, we did shows together, we did a lot of shows together, we hung out together all the time, and I thought this guy was a good friend of mine. And as it turns out, this person was not a big fan of black people. He didn't talk about that when we were around comedians. He didn't talk about that around me. He would never say that around me or even show me a hint of that. But when he was around people that were not involved in the business, he was not a big fan of black people. And I was always wondering whenever I would go visit his house, why people would be looking at us funny. You know, they're looking at us like, what the hell is going on? Meanwhile, they're thinking, what the hell? Is he? I, I, I don't think he's a big fan of black people. Now, he wasn't KKK hating of black people. He was one of those, I'm slightly better than you as a human being just because of my ethnicity, but I'm not going to treat you any differently because I'm going to be so, in, you know, so wonderful to, uh, to allow people who are lesser than me to be around me. <laughs> and I did not know that. I was a little young to be able to detect that. But as it turns out, that was the case with this cat. So I found out um, through speaking to some other people about how he felt about it. And did I confront him with it? <laughs> of course. And, he, and it was one of those things where you felt kind of shocked that I knew about it. Oh, well, I'm, well I'm, yeah, yeah. I said, dude, don't lie, dude. You know, come on, man. I said, I said, how, I said how are you going to have me at your house all the time? You're going to hang out with me all the time. And I thought, I thought we were good and cool and everything like that. And you feel this way about black people. I don't know if you noticed, but I am a black people. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Huh, huh, huh. Wipe your glasses off. And he explained, you know, how he grew up and how he was raised and this, that, and the other one, which is a cop-out because after you become an adult, you got to make your own decisions and stop being a douche just because of the way you were raised. Who cares how you were raised? Shut up. And I said, and I said, you have like, I mean, I know personally you have four black friends, we, me being one of them. So how can you have dislike black people so much and you have, you're around, you around me damn near every day and around them all the time. I don't understand it. I said, think about it. You don't like black people except the ones you've met. I mean, think about that. You understand the scientific method? huh? You understand how to, how to gather evidence and draw conclusions based on evidence that you've personally experienced? Your four, four of your best friends are black dudes, me being one of them currently, because I'm about to drop your punk ass as a friend. But I mean, what the hell is going on there? You realize how stupid that is? Think about that. I want you. This is how dumb it is. You like Italian food? No. You hate Italian food? Can't stand it. Oh, that's too bad. Cause I just made this lasagna. I'd love some. Oh, what? I love lasagna. Oh, okay. Here's some. Uh, here's some lasagna. Oh, this is delicious. Oh man, let me get rid of this prosciutto. I'd love some of that. Uh, uh, really? Yes, I'd love it. Yeah, but this cappuccino, I love a cup of cappuccino. And you start rattling off different Italian foods and he's loving them and eating them and pushing them down his throat and can't get enough of them. And he wants doggy bags and cat bags and elephant bags and any bag named after an animal that will allow him to take food back to his house. And you know what type of food I'm talking about? Italian food. And you're going, dude, every time you eat Italian food, you love it. Four of your top Italian, four of your food 
food you like the most are Italian. How can you say you hate Italian food when all you do is eat Italian food? What the hell's up with that? Well, in my family, they, we were taught to hate Italian food. And eh, that's dumb. <laughs> right? As it turns out, we had this discussion and and he realized I, I was able to point out how dumb that was. But the funny thing about it is after after knowing how he actually felt, like I said, I don't want to judge people or anything like that. But quite frankly, being around that at that particular time, I was not able to just move baggage away and decide not to hold grudges or anything like that. I just didn't trust the guy anymore. I didn't feel the same way about the guy. You know, if things that we would say to each other that when we would run across each other that would normally be hilarious, we're just <laughs> We're just that at the point. All the life that had been said been sucked out of the relationship. And at that point, I, I just couldn't in good conscience just maintain the friendship. It would like be being in the marriage and you're finding out that, you know, two of the kids weren't yours. You know, it's like, oh, you know what I mean? You're going to really the, the twins aren't mine. No. Oh, God. You know, and then he's like, oh, and you got to get a divorce because you can't live with this person after what they did. And it was very similar. I can't maintain a friendship with this punk ass after knowing this. And I don't like to carry baggage and being around this cat would have been baggage. I don't like to carry baggage and hold grudges. It always cracked me up when you be around somebody that does something horrible and you got to see him all the time. You kind of just... Uh, you get that feeling in your stomach like, ugh. you know, it's very similar to when you see an ex-girlfriend or an ex-boyfriend and it was recent and you see them with somebody else, you know, and it's a part of you that remembers the good times. But then there's a bigger part of you that remembers the horrible stuff. And you're going, if you have a choice to be around them or to not be around them, you choose to not be around them because why, you know? It's like as soon as they show up, it's like it's like finding out that, you know, it's like that time I went to a pizzeria. I think I talked about this very, very briefly in one of the earlier podcasts when I went to a pizza place and I found out that the dude after I had already eaten pizza, that the dude has this thing where when he makes the pizza dough, he kisses the dough before it goes into the oven. I'm sitting there going, what? I mean, I know your hands are on the food. I mean, I gave you that. Fine. You wash your hands. But why you got to put your mouth on the pizza, man? You know, and I never went back to the place. Did I like the pizza? Yes. But for some reason, in the back of my mind, all I could think about is this dude's mouth was on my pizza. You know, I, I, I can't. I know it may be a custom. I get it. I understand that. But, I mean, if you're going to kiss the pizza, at least do that crap in the back. Don't do it right in front of me. You know, it reminds me of I was a, there was a girl I used to go out with. And she was a flirty girl, you know, she was a flirty type person and nobody cared. Like if a girl's like, oh, hey, well, you look great. Top. I mean, you give somebody a compliment because the guy has worked out or whatever. That's OK. I'm not OK with that. But when they start like squeezing dudes, muscles and tee hee heeing in the person's face. Now, if she does that when I'm not around and she makes it clear that she's not actually going to do anything with the guy, but she's just doing a flirting thing and she keeps that crap off to the side when you're not there. That's one thing. You don't want to do it anyway. You don't want to squeeze in somebody's bicep anyway, but at least do that crap when you're not there. But if you're right there, stand. it was like that episode of my wife and kids when Terry Crews was on and Terry Crews played. I think she was like, like I think he, they were uh, old high school friends or something like that. Terry Crews and uh, Michael Kyle, the character that uh, Damon Wayans played on the show. And obviously Terry Crews is the next football player. But in the, in the show, he, he just worked out. And his wife, Janet Kyle, I think it's the, that character's name, played by... Um, Oh God, how am I? Uh, I forget her name. You know, that that uh, that beautiful sister that played Martin's wife on Martin, uh, Tisha Campbell, Tisha Campbell Martin, and she's all tee hee and rubbing the guy's chest and squeezing his biceps and all of that. Now, in the show, now granted, this is just a television program; it's not a big deal. But he never actually thought that she was really going to run off and get it on with this dude. But you don't be you don't rub on some guy's chest and squeeze his arm when your husband's right there, even if he's in exactly the same shape, which he wasn't. And I, you know, and I wasn't. Well, I was at the time, but still give me a break. Uh, you don't do that in front of people. It's just disrespectful and stupid. And I remember I remember I had a girlfriend that did that. And I was like, what are you doing? Like I said, it's OK. If you, I mean, it's not OK. But if you do that when I'm not there, that's one thing. If a guy kisses the pizza 
in the kitchen and I don't get to I don't have to sit there seeing it. That's one thing. Don't do that crap in my face. You know, you it changes everything, man. All of a sudden, the baggage of what you just saw is just dragging around. All you think is this is spit pizza. I don't want any damn spit pizza. Ugh. You're thinking it in the back of your mind. Because the thing is, once you become disgusted by something or annoyed by something, all of a sudden your brain just takes it to level one million and makes it 85 times worse than it is. You're going, oh, my God, he's kissing the pizza in front of me. Now, what the hell is he doing with the pizza when I'm not around? And you're imagining him in the back stepping on it. Uh, They're going to love the fact that I stepped on the pizza. Where's the car? Somebody get the car. Drive the car over the pizza. (laughs) This will teach them. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. I love it. You where's that bag of garbage? Roll this dough around in the garbage real good. <laughs> I want to put as much unsanitary crap on the pizza as possible because I hate my customers. Yes, I hate them. In fact, just to rub it in, I'm going to kiss the pizza right in front of them. And they're still going to eat it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Now, like I said, he could be the most sanitary guy in the world, except for that one thing. Maybe that's a family custom. Maybe that's a thing that I don't know about. I don't know. But you see that in the baggage of seeing that just gets heavier and heavier. And it's the same thing with, like I said, with the girlfriend. You see her squeezing. I'm going, if you're squeezing some dude's muscle and rubbing his chest when I'm standing here, what the hell are you doing when I'm not around? And like I said, your brain turns into some ridiculous thing. And all of a sudden, she's like, all right, he's gone. Everybody take your pants off. I'm playing with everyone's man's stuff because he's not here to see it. In fact... If I marry him, I'm going to make it a point to get pregnant by at least six of you people and not him. <laughs> That's right. Because if I feel a guy's bicep in front of him, I'll get it on with eight dudes when he's not around. Yeah. And that's what your brain does. That's what baggage is. Your brain just beating you up because of stuff you know that you really didn't want to know. <laughs> Yeah. Now, when we go back to that first guy, first person as an example, you know, it's really weird. I ran into him um, via Facebook. He kind of Facebook friend requested me. And I'm going, you know, that was a long time ago, you know, and we kind of reconnected. And as it turns out, all of the crap and I found out this is to be this to be the truth. All of the crap that I found out about him had been long since flushed out of his system. You know, he wasn't that guy anymore. You know, he was not that cat anymore. Um, he treated everybody with respect and had a love for humanity in general. That's what happens with maturity. You know, um, I went back to that pizza place a few years later. Same guys there. Dude's still kissing the pizza, so I just bought a soda. <laughs> Unless I find out at some point that part of the customers, he goes, and before you put the sodas in the machine, take the caps off. I'm licking the rims of all the sodas. But this time I'm doing it in the back. I can't stop kissing the pizza because the pizza has a nice ass and I like kissing the pizza. Uh, But I need to lick these sodas because I need to put my mouth on everything that people come into this restaurant to eat. I'm licking it. I lick all the straws. I lick all the tops of the sodas. That's right right i do it all i put my mouth on everything these people eat and okay he did not say that that did not happen (laughs) and i ran across an old girlfriend and uh it was someone that was very very she was very similar to what i just described i I kind of cartoon made a cartoony version of it but she was a flirty type person and i'm not the kind of i don't flirt Uh, if i got a girl that's a part of me that just kind of shuts down when i have a girlfriend if i don't have a girlfriend Ladies, it's on. Ladies, butts, boobs, get it on. But if I have a girlfriend, that part of me just kind of shuts down and just is aimed at her. You know, I'm more about trying to get it on, getting it on with my girlfriend. That's you know, I don't, what I wouldn't want to cheat for if I. If I didn't want somebody else, I wouldn't be with you. You know what I mean? So that's just me. 
So I'm not a big fan of the flirty girl. Like I said, I'm not, I don't care about someone who's like has a crush on some stupid rock star. The hell do I care about that? Or, you know, or somebody, you know, but, you know, so I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I'm not that guy. I, I'm just not one of those super jealous dudes. It's like either you're there, either you want to be with me or you don't. If you don't get out, I'll find who's next. I did, like I said, I don't like baggage. I hate it. And I refuse to carry it. And just like when you're going through an airport and you have a lighter bag and you're not carrying a big gigantic bag and lugging it through. It feels lighter. It feels better. <laughs> That's a wonderful uh, description of because uh, you see people you just think about it. Just think about it. You're think, say you're going on a trip with someone and you have light bags. You know what you're going to need. You carry enough underwear. You carry enough this. You carry enough that. You carry what you need. And this person is lugging around a bunch of crap that you know for a fact they're never going to use. Why are you taking your PlayStation to Hawaii? Really, you're going to go to Hawaii, one of the most beautiful, the most, probably one of the most be- top three most beautiful states in the country, and you're going to sit there and you're going to you're going to play PlayStation. You're not going to go out on the beach. You're not going to run out there and see those w- w- yummy women in their bikinis. You're not going to go out there and play frisbee and go to the luau's and dance on the beach. And you're not going. You're going to stay here and play PlayStation. No, you're not, and you won't, and you don't. But you drug that crap around anyway. Why? Because you're an idiot. It's stupid to carry that, right? Hey, let's go to Hawaii. Let's take all of our winter clothing with us. You wouldn't do that. Why? Because it's Hawaii and it's going to be 80 every day. Why would you take your winter coat? You're never going to need it. It would be dumb to carry that with, with you, wouldn't it? Of course it would. It's dumb. Dumb to carry a PlayStation to Hawaii. Dumb to carry le- uh, uh, leather jackets and winter clothes to Hawaii. That's extra baggage that's dumb to carry. And you don't need to carry it and you shouldn't carry it. It's stupid, right? <laughs> Well, using that same criteria, I think it's just as stupid to carry around the baggage of what people do to you. You don't need to carry it. It's an Xbox and leather jackets in Hawaii. You don't need it. So don't carry it. And I don't. And you shouldn't. You dig? (laughs) Segment over. You know, know what's really weird? Exit interviews. You know, I, mean, have, I don't know if any of you have ever done an exit interview, but it's really one of the dumbest things I've ever seen in my life and one of the dumbest things I've ever done. Now, I've done exit interviews in two, on two occasions. On one occasion, I'll put it this way. An exit interview for a company that you're fond of and if you're leaving because you're going for a better job or you're moving for another opportunity or you're retiring or you're moving across the country and they don't have an office there, that's an exit interview that makes sense. Because if you really think about it, you like the business, you like the people, you like your bosses, and you have a genuine fond feeling for the business that employed you for whatever number of years you worked there. And of course, if you can give them some knowledge that's going to make the business better from your little piece of the universe or your little bit of insight... And you can leave a a nice little diamond with them that can improve the business that was so good to you. Of course, you want to do an exit interview. I would. That's not a problem. In fact, I'm glad that you know these are some things that I think that would work better. And I'm on my way out because I've done that before. I was I did an exit interview with a place that I didn't even. I mean, I I was leaving because I was going to do something else for a better opportunity, and I was moving so far away. But the thing about it was, of course, course I'll do an exit interview. Here's what I think: this, that, this. You can do this, 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 this. I mean, we even hugged when I left. And I had an open door to come back to the location and, and, and come back to the job if I wanted to. That was an exit interview that made sense. Right? But what I don't understand is I got fired from a job and they wanted me to do an exit interview. They want, and I'm sitting there going, what? You, you want me to sit there? No. No, I'm not doing an exit interview. Are you insane? No, you, you you fired me and you had my check ready. When I came, it's not even like we're gonna have to let you go. And then you mail a check to me. It's like you had this. Sh- like get him, <laughs> right? They accused me of some things that I did not do. It was one of the. I talked about a sales office in my in my last uh, podcast, the last last episode. I talked about a sales office. This was an entirely different sales office, and. It was a sales, and I was I was doing my regular nice job of sales. And what they had done was they took a person who was not that good of a salesperson, 
selling the products and moved them into the verification room. Now, the verification room in sales at that time, I don't know if it's still the same way, was they would take a percentage of the sales and they would call to verify the sale to find out if it was authentic and to and to solidify it, essentially to get, to get credit for it. Well, what they did was they got a person who was a jackass who was on the sales floor, who was okay, but kind of an idiot, and took them and put them in the verification room because they were antagonizing the people they were trying to sell things to. Think about that for a minute. If you too much of a hothead and a douche to get a sale because you're a dick on the phone to the people, now you're taking them back to the most fragile part of it, meaning the person has made a decision and now you're the final time they're going to contact the company in this capacity. They took that guy and put him back there. And one of the things that I was good at was taking sales that were of a certain size and moving them up to the next size. Okay. And having a good relationship with the client. So, so now they go from a guy like me who's having a great time with the person. Hey, ho, ho, having a great time. Yes, Anthony. And then they get Johnny hothead back there who's smarting off to the people, and it just so happens that at that particular time, as they moved him back to the job he did not want to do, he was now verifying my stuff. People that were conditioned to meet with, to, to talk to someone who was friendly and engaging and actually grew to like them. So now all of a sudden, he's the contact person. So they've been groomed to like me, and now this guy's talking to me. <laughs> I mean, the damn near growls at people who are used to, and so of course they're like, oh, "Where's this at?" I'm the one you talk to now. Well, I don't want him now. Click, and all of a sudden I'm seeing myself come off the board. And I'm going, "What the hell is going on here?" And now because he's in the verification room and I'm in the sales force, they're looking and they're going, "Whoa, well, something's going on with him. His sales are coming down. I think he's putting up fake sales." I was not putting up fake sales. I don't put up fake anything. So I get canned because of that jackass. And then they call me in for an exit interview. And they shouldn't even have called it an exit interview. They should have called it, we're going to insult you for 25 minutes and call you an idiot and a liar and then throw you out of the building. Because <laughs> that's essentially what it was. I walk in, there's like three dudes. No, it was actually, it was a, sorry, it was a lady with three, it was a lady and three dudes behind. And it looked like the interrogation room on Law and Order Special Victims Unit. Of course, this woman was no Mariska Hargitay. Oh, yeah. So, so anyway, um, why do you think all of your sales for the last week fell off the board completely? I mean, it's really uncommon for all the sales to fall off the board completely. I said, yeah, it really is uncommon. So, all the time I've been here, I've never had my ethics questioned at all. In fact, you actually used to tease me by calling me Mr. Perfect because my sales didn't fall off the board. So all this time I'm here, my sales almost never come down. And even when they come down, there's a justifiable reason. All of a sudden you change something and then my stuff falls off. Did it ever occur to you to, I don't know, check everything? Well, I mean, are you trying to imply? No, it's not what I'm trying to imply. You just cut off my source of income without doing your due diligence. I'm sitting here. And I'm looking. I got a light in my face. You're looking at me like I like you saw me pimp slap your daughter. And these three dudes are looking at me like they're gonna run around the table and try to kick my ass. Well, I don't understand why you're so upset. I'm I'm not upset. I'm just confused. Yesterday, yesterday, you were telling me. Well, you know, it looks good for you to be manager here. And now all of a sudden, this. Not not only did you not even ask me questions. You already fired me and I've got my check in my hand. You guys can't print up a check that fast. You had this all planned out to begin with. You had me sitting around here. Took It takes you two days to do these checks. So you basically knew you were going to fire me two days ago. Didn't do any investigations. <laughs> now you're sitting here and I'm supposed to sit here and talk to you jackasses. You Are you going to stop this check? Because I'm going to just get up and walk out because I'm not having this conversation with you. You're going to find out later on how dumb you were for doing this. And you're going to call me and ask me to come back. And I'm going to tell you all to kiss my ass. 
I'm leaving. We really, we're not done talking with you. Yes, you are done talking with me. This may look like a police interrogation room, but you are a manager of a computer supply place and you three idiots. I don't even know who you jackasses are, but I know one thing. I'm leaving and I just walked out the door. They expected me to do an exit interview where they sat there and, and just essentially called me all sorts of disgusting. Well, they didn't say this, but I mean, when I, when there's somebody like me that takes my damn integrity seriously and takes my word seriously. And you call it into question when you're wrong. I take high. I'm offended by that. So I leave. And some of my friends are still there and they're looking like, why is the guy who's like the number four salesperson in this room of 175 people walking out an hour into the day? What the hell's going on? And, I, and that's when I found out like a week later after I had already replaced the job, I found out exactly what happened. They, they took the hothead jackass who couldn't sell anything and put him back in the back room. And he and because essentially what happened later on was. When he would, when another person was cycled in to be verified by this gat, this person, all of her sales went down. And then she went to an exit interview. They literally fired five or six people before they realized that the problem was the jackass that they had moved into the back. Hello? Um, is this S? Yep. Hi, it's, I know who this is. Um... You found out that I was right. Well, <laughs> and you want me to come back and because your sales suck now. Well, I mean, it's not that they suck. It's just that. Uh-huh. Are you, so you're calling me at my house because the sales have increased. Well, um, <laughs> say what you're going to say. Um, as it turns out, um, <laughs> There was a problem. Uh, it was in the verification room. And unfortunately, um, we made a mistake and let go a few people. And uh, as it turns out, the person in the verification room was let go. And we decided, you know, since there is, the, 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 well, I'll put it to you this way. Um, there's an increase in pay for people in the verification room. And we like the way you're able to engage the client, even on cold calls, because we, you know, because we've, we've been able to listen to your cold, your cold calls. And we like the way you were able to take even hostile people and get sales out of them and big sales out of them and build a nice little portfolio and have them uh, like the company. So what we wanted to do was, you know, um, <laughs> we wanted you to <clears throat> come back and take the job in a ver- verification room. There's a there's an increase in pay, and no, I mean you really should reconsider. I already have another job, but uh, listen, I don't trust you. I don't trust you, people. You flipped on me so fast. You took away my source of income so fast. And you think I'm going to come back and go through that again. So what happens if something goes wrong? You're going to come. You're going to take me back into the interrogation room. You're going to beat the bottom of my feet or something like that. No, I'm not coming back. Don't call me again. Bye. Hang up the phone. That was my experience with exit interviews. And <laughs> and it's really funny because if you really think about it, in relationships, you do exit interviews too, but you don't even know they're exit interviews. Because a lot of times the person has already decided pretty much that they don't want your ass in the relationship, but they just want to just get that last little bit of information. They're pretty much interviewing you. They're trying to find out what's going on because they just haven't decided. They're 99% ready to pull a trigger and throw your punk ass out. But they're not 100% there yet. They're just kind of a... So, um, you think she's cute? There's really no good reason for your lady to ever ask you, do you think she's cute? That is a test. You had better pass that test. They never ask you that in the beginning of the relationship. They ask you that at a point where they're trying to figure out whether to drop kick your punk ass out of the relationship or not. If they ever say that, you got to you got to find a way to answer that question properly. 
Um, let's discuss the relationship. What is there to discuss? You're either in a relationship or you're not. You should just be enjoying each other and building a life. If they, you have to stop and discuss stuff. Oh no. I've never had someone, I never had a lady go, we need to really have this talk and discuss a relationship. Okay. What's wrong? I just want to let you know right now that I love you and you're the greatest. Um, I really enjoy our time together and that's how I feel. How do you feel about it? Oh, uh, well, I, I, I'm happy too. Well, discussion over. That was all I wanted to say. Nope, it's never that. <laughs> it's never that. Every time. Every time. <laughs> I would love that to be the case once. I really think we need to talk. Oh, jeez. Yeah, um, what's going on? Uh, I just want to let you know everything's good. That's it? Yeah, sure. Nope. It's always. We need to talk. How's it going? You dirty bastard. <laughs> you know? Is the I'm about to dump you accident of you. And you don't do this. And you don't do that. And you don't do this. And Marge's boyfriend does this. And Susie's boyfriend does that. And he does this. And do this, that, this. And you did. And you, how come you don't do this? And you should do that. And you didn't do it. But you should have done it. But you couldn't do it. But you shouldn't get Die, bastard. <laughs> and that's what it turns into. And you don't even realize it's an accident of you. That's any words she says as she's deciding that last moment to drop kick your punk ass out. That's the accident of you. You did an accident of you. And ladies, you've done an accident of you, too. It's the same thing. Guys don't necessarily go. Let's talk about the relationship. They just stop talking to you. Hi, how you doing? Busy click. See, we don't do accident interviews. We just do exits. <laughs> Guys just like, yep, got to go by. And they move away. You know, if you're having a tough time with your boyfriend, I would suggest you go through his pockets and see whether or not there's any kind of train ticket in there. You know, press star six, nine on the phone and see how many times he's checked Greyhound schedules because his ass is out of there. Yeah, that's right. Check his credit card bills and see if he bought any fake mustaches, eyeglasses and some stuff like that so we can put on a disguise and stay in the same city but to avoid you <laughs> but i don't know man i just i just i never understood the concept of the exit interview in a situation where it's bad like i said an exit interview from a place that you like and you, you wouldn't you wouldn't mind staying and everything's cool it makes sense but an exit interview from a place that sucks hell no you know if you're going to break up with me, just leave. I don't really just go. Leave. I don't want to be with you anymore. All right. It's going to hurt either way. Why should it hurt? And then I have to talk to you. Nah, that's cool. You just get it. Bye. You know, the girls that I've broken up with, they always wanted to talk about it. And I was like, um, why do you want to break up? Well, um, the grenade you left in my car. I mean, that, that was not good. That's not good. You know, um, my dog's still scared at you for shooting a gun at him. I mean, that, that was not good. Uh, remember that time I came to your house and your four brothers came out with the baseball bats talking about you're never going to leave our sister. And I hadn't even said I was going to leave you. I mean, what the hell is in that? I mean, that's weird right there, you know. And um, the fact that we broke up five years ago and you're still sitting on the porch. I don't like that. You know, I mean, that's my girlfriend and my, my, my girlfriend. Uh, she, she's a little weird enough by the fact that, she, I mean, she tried to be nice to you. She brought you that breakfast sandwich that one time. And then, I mean, you could have at least eaten it. You didn't have to say, you know, yeah, I'm not, not only am I going to get this sandwich, I'm going to get your man, bitch. You should not have said that. You know, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. That's why we had to call the cops on you. Okay, that part didn't happen. <laughs> but if you've ever done an exit interview for a place that, you you like it's not a bad experience but if you've ever done an excellent interview for a place that you don't like you're an idiot because you shouldn't do that i dare you i dare if i first of all i'll never work for anybody else again but if i do for some reason wind up working for maybe you know i probably will work for somebody else i probably work for some tv comp some if i do a television show or a movie or some crap like that but even then it's like at that point you're making so much money if they fire you're like you know who cares i got i don't need to work anymore so whatever you know, but if I work for if I somehow work for somebody and, and in, I don't know how in entertainment that there could ever be an exit interview in entertainment. You work on a project, the project's over, you move to the next project. But if somehow, some way entertainment changes and there's an exit interview at the end of a project. I'm saying right now, and I know somebody may hear this in the future. 
I ain't doing it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Give me my check and I am the hell out. Kiss my chocolate buttocks. You dig? No exit interviews for me. <laughs> Segment over. Well, folks, that has been this episode of the S. Anthony Says podcast starring yours truly, S. Anthony Thomas. And I want to thank you very, very much for spending this time with me and all the new people. Thank you for coming aboard and do like the people that brought you. Bring some more people back so we can all enjoy each other's goofiness because that's what this show is all about. Um, in all seriousness, thank you. I really appreciate you guys. I consider it an honor that you guys come and check me out every week. So know that. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, please do so. I would like that. Uh, do so at, at S Anthony Thomas or at S Anthony says those are the two places where I exist on Twitter. Uh, the email for the podcast is the S Anthony says podcast at gmail.com. And you can hear me, of course, on iOS devices. If you have an iOS devices and a lot of you do, as it turns out, um, I'm on uh, tune in. I'm on tune in radio. Uh, Stitcher and for you with iOS devices, you can subscribe at iTunes. Yes, Anthony says podcast is on at iTunes. So get to subscribing. And if you listen to this podcast and you love it, please do me a favor and leave some wonderful five star reviews on whatever podcatcher you choose to honor me by listening to me on. I would appreciate that. Much love to you all. I want to say a nice hello to my new listeners in Australia and Great Britain. Thank you. Thank you for coming along and my new Canadian listeners. Thank you. And all the new people from the United States. Thank you. Everybody that's new. Thank you. See, I like to rhyme things. <laughs> Once again, I just want to say thank you very, very much. Uh, for those of you that want to support the show on Patreon, you can do so. I finally have one. It's patreon.com forward slash S Anthony Thomas. And uh, FYI, um, what I put on the Patreon page is I put on uh, the podcast that you're listening to right now, but also I do a specific and separate podcast specifically for people that support the show on Patreon. No one else hears it. I don't put it anywhere else. The only other place that the podcast that's on Patreon is, is on a hard drive where I store all of my crap. And that's the only other place it's going to be. So if you support the show, you get to hear that weird crap. Okay. And thank you in advance for those who do. Oh, before I go, I just want to say one thing. The Quadcast podcast absolutely rules. That one's on me. <laughs> Much love to you all. Thank you for everything. See you next week. S. Anthony out.